Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. As you may have noticed, 2020 has been quite a year. And by quite a year, we mean a bag of flaming dog poo inside a crate of dead skunks sitting on top of a dumpster fire. With all that's happening in the world, it's been hard to find something to look forward to, but thank Favreau. We've got a new series of Mandalorian to soothe our souls and frayed nerves. So we'll be geeking out about the first two episodes in this episode 45, Fly by Crite. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is the person who is voted most likely to find himself recording a nonsensical podcast with his college roommate that neither of his spouses would listen to. It was an oddly specific yearbook category that year. It's Nostradamus-like. He is the Bobby Roode to my James Storm. Hey, even podcast moguls have to dig through the couch cushions looking for change every now and again. (laughs) I give you the man they called him. How are you, my brother? Doing all right. Now, can you name the tag team? Oh, I can. The glorious one and uh, Sir James Storm, uh, they once got together and formed Beer Money. I will, I will give that one to you. Uh oh, why? It, it was, <laughs> it was Beer Money Inc. Oh, good lord. <laughs> hey, dude. I mean, it's it's part of the name. I mean, all right, all right. I left the incorporation out. Obviously, this was when they were a startup, so I'm sorry. Now, keep in mind, I am being very gracious to you here because uh, one of our uh, Weekend Geek folks would have not allowed that answer. The judges would have would have would have taken that away, and you yeah. would have been given a proper scolding, a demerit, but, a paddling. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> are we going to stand around here all day? Or are we going to fight? So we will be talking about some Mando a little bit later on. But first of all, you know what? Timmy got to get his and Farouk got to eat too. We might as well go to the Weekend Geek. It's right here, right? It's looking at me. Feels so funky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, what do we got happening? Well, we'll start with uh, the weekly update we give uh, at this stage, uh, fantasy football. Uh, I think mm. we both have a little news to report. So I'll, I'll start on my side. You can start on your side. Uh, I started today, uh, this this being Sunday, uh, with much promise. The sun was out. The sky was blue. <laughs> and much like the weather here in Chicago, there are clouds are rolling in now. <laughs> yeah. My, my my running back, uh, or one of my running backs, uh, way underperformed. My my wide receivers showed up. Uh, we will see if Brady and Gronkowski can rekindle the magic and save me. But I'm not in good shape right now uh, no. as I am battling here to stay 500 or above. 
So that is uh, the report on the quick slants. That's the name of my team side of things. Uh, how is uh, they all hate you doing? Well, I'm playing the the joke team that doesn't even that barely even fields a team. So I'm doing quite well. I've got the the uh, heading towards the blowout of the week here. Can can you spare me a few of those points? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's at two forty. Good lord, you're two forty nine. What happened to your team? Did did they find the the roids or something? What's going on, dude? HGH is a hell of a drug, my man. My you know, goodness I... gracious! Oh, the, oh, Adams again, thirty three points. Cook sixty. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, your team has found its stride. Just just starting to cook along, baby. Oh That's... boy, just, as, as wasting Hanks... this on the cellar dwellers. <laughs> oh no, it's not a waste. This is just a tune up. I'm uh, we're like Hank Stram right now. Just keep a trickling the ball down the field, boys. Just keep a trickling the ball down the field. That's what we are doing. Now the funny thing oh, is, so we were both 4 and 4 heading into this week. So I I knew I was heading to 5 and 4 unless yeah. something really bad happened, like my entire team somehow got swallowed by an earthquake. But I was really hoping that you could do me a solid and take out the guy that you were playing this week because I was really hoping that in some way, shape, or form, uh, I could get a win and these three other teams that are in a tie for second above me would also would all lose because at that point then it creates a four-way. Well, actually, it would be a five-way because then you would be in there. Mm-hmm. Five-way tie for second place. That's crazy. Which would have been awesome. Now, there's a possibility I think two out of those teams might lose so I, I might still find myself uh in a tie but it'll be for third place so it's it, it's getting interesting it's getting real interesting they all hate you is putting a move on the whole league Let he me tell is you. He, you absolutely are and uh you know I, i'm not out of it if, if gronk and brady can can rekindle the magic i i will uh, be on top because the team i am playing one of their wide receivers i think was a last minute scratch and so he's got zero points in one of those slots yeah but You're, thankfully you my running backs didn't show up so yeah well you know hey Ah, yeah. So anyways, what it is, that is the fantasy football update that you, the listener, was waiting for. Oh, Uh, yeah. People are dying for that stuff. They're like, all right, now I can shut this thing off. I've got the news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Another event, though, that happened, though. The fact is, when you really come down to it, with all the news that's been in 2020, there might be some people who are just like, that's all I I can handle right now, is what are these two chuckleheads doing in fantasy football? I don't want to know anything else that's (laughs) happening in the world. I don't want to know a damn thing. Nothing. (laughs) Just want to go about my day and find out how these two idiots are doing in fantasy football, and that's all I want. Honey, I'm going to rest easy. They all hate you is up ahead. (laughs) Dude, I just realized I've got the longest win streak going in the league, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna have four four wins in a row after this week. Oh wow! Oh, Very I'm nice. telling you, I'm Very telling nice. you, I'm I'm buttered. Just I'm on a roll. I I think this podcast and our talking about it had something to do with it. We started talking about it. You've been on the streak, baby. Uh, maybe, maybe I been don't on know. The streak. Sadly, mm-hmm. not me. It's but like anyways. the anti-fight club. And the first one wins. <laughs> You flap your gums about it, and it works. Pro- it works out. I, I, if only I'd known, I would have done this years ago. Oh yes. Well, we will. We will downshift uh, from from the highs to to a to a bit of a low. Yes. Uh, to today, uh, we we lost an icon, in uh, and and I think there there's a, a generation of of adults who grew up with this man. 
very, uh, you know, in his own stoic yet entertaining way, uh, announcing the answers to the questions while the... Oh, wait, wait. Who is Alex Trebek? Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much. Sorry. Just as we rehearsed. (laughs) I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, because I'll never be on that show, so I had to get in one. Yes, but but yes, Alex Trebek uh, today passed away at the age of eighty. Mm. Uh, he was battling pancreatic cancer, um, and and you know it was kind of a surprise uh, to, to me at least because I last I had read or had heard I thought he had been kind of on the upswing, but you know that that, that is a particularly I mean cancer is cancer, but that that mm. one is particularly nasty. Um, yeah, and and it, it doesn't take much for there to be a turn. So. Um, so yeah, so I, I just wanted to mention it because uh, during my childhood and teen years, you know, there, you know, there was times we would have the show on in the house, and and it was always you know kind of fun to play along and see what you knew and what you didn't know, which and, was a lot. I found when yeah, I was watching that. yeah, and 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 even uh, even with our boys, uh, you know, uh, we 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 would watch it from time to time, and so you know, he, he's he's someone who's who's been doing that for a real long time, so it's. Uh, it's, it, he, he's got a place probably in a lot of people's hearts, uh, just as, just as that, that kind of constant, you know? And, uh, so anyway, so, so just wanted to, uh, tip the hat and, and salute the, the man, the, the, the master of the answer and, and the question yep. one, Mr. Alex Trebek. And in a weird sort of way, you know, he made it a, he made it a couple weeks longer than Sean Connery's that whole SNL celebrity jeopardy oh thing. oh my gosh i completely forgot about that you're right he got the last laugh ladies he and did. gentlemen he did <laughs> oh my Trump gosh daryl hammond again <laughs> daryl hammond is sean connery in those sketches and will ferrell as trebek was just gold comedy gold yeah well the oh. only one that came close was norm mcdonald being burt reynolds well, that you know, that that whole run of that thing was just fantastic. They they just kept coming up with just just great great stuff. Yeah, with those characters. That was awesome. That was yep. awesome. Good good point, my friend. Good point. Good deep I, cut. You know, I'm I'm good for something occasionally. I think I, I had just totally forgotten about that. And and you're right. That that is very ironic. I'll have to add in the Alanis Morissette song now. There we go. And then the uh, last thing was a little mention. Uh, way back in the beginning of the year, we did a back. Remember when before we had COVID? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was like five, six years ago. Eons ago, <laughs> uh, we did a podcast. We did an episode where we talked about the movies of 2020 that we were most looking forward to go seeing because at the time we assumed we'd be going to the theaters the way we always have. Yeah, and how'd, how'd that work out for us, Timmy? Uh, well, I'm sitting down in my basement, so... Um. <laughs> <laughs> and in all fairness, I mean, even if it wasn't COVID, you'd still be sitting down in your basement, but you'd have an option to leave. I would... <laughs> exactly. exactly. Whereas now, it's pretty much, ah, uh, this is my bunker. <laughs> yeah, this is my life. Uh, but I think we were both looking forward to the movie Tenet, mm. or Te- Tenet, uh, mm. And that that was released in the theaters. I, however, had steered clear of any sort of spoilers or reviews about it. So I am looking forward to the digital release coming in December, possibly a maybe a possible episode for us to do because it is supposed to be a pretty good flick from what I understood. Yes, I I heard one review saying something like, "Oh, it's it's big and and kind of slow and bloated." It's a Christopher Nolan movie. I'm like, you know what? First of all, shut your damn mouth. 
And second of all, sacrilege. I kind of like the fact that his movies aren't like on fast forward; that they take their time, and that you know they make you they make you think. And shockingly, they build to something. Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, you've actually convinced me to want to see this movie now. Thank you, thank you, burnt out and like you know just hateful movie reviewer person. Mm -hmm. You have not won yet. Ha ha. I don't know why I decided to go French on that one. I don't know. I couldn't tell if you were doing The Emperor or if you were doing Nacho Libre. <laughs> you know, that actually is. It's another, like, I, <laughs> There was a couple accents at, at play in that, really. It's up for grabs. I was trying to do. I was trying to throw a little French for our, our French listeners because apparently we're, we're, we're huge in France. I haven't looked at the statistics, but we had like nine downloads from there. So I'm like, whoa. Hey, there cow. we go. There we go. And, uh, Thank and you. I, uh, Apparently, I overshot it, and I went more uh, more south of the border, but also managed to not really do either of them well. So, as I as I've it said was before, something to behold because you started Emperor, and then you kind of went in a totally different direction than I thought you were going in. But hey, yeah, outer space, France, Mexico—that is I, the hallmark of the idiotic range that we freely roam. Yeah, not not, not very much range. That's my <laughs> kind of my thing, I guess. But that is all, my friend, uh, for the week in geek. All right. Well, that ought to be that ought to be fun. And and have you is there any have you heard any more on uh, on Black Widow? Whether or not that's going to be a view on demand sort of thing. I had started seeing things. I think it was based on what was the movie Pocahontas that they released on Disney. No, it was Mulan. Oh, I'm sorry, M- Mulan. So, oh, right, the live action one. So they released that, and I thought that performed pretty well and i think they were considering putting black widow on disney plus but i haven't heard anything since then yeah i keep getting this stuff in like my twitter feed or i I see it pop up in different places and it's always those annoying like videos or articles that are so clickbaity and it's just yeah like oh my gosh and this and that and the other and they always have always have a picture of robert downey jr i have a mental list of the sources of those places so whenever i see those things and i see where it's from like yeah i'm skipping that (laughs) Yeah, so I've I've seen a couple of those and I haven't clicked on them because I'm like, yeah. you are full of crap, and I yeah. know it. So I haven't looked. I didn't know if maybe you'd heard anything from a reliable source since you are the news hound of the pair of us. Uh, no, no, I have not. I have not, unfortunately. Oh well. This has been a very light Marvel year. It's understandably it it's almost, so. It's almost the year without Marvel at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, we get WandaVision in December. Maybe there we go. at this point, who knows? You know. There we go. But oh well. What are you gonna do except listen to us? That's right. And and, and whole- that is my friend, as they would say, glorious. Glorious. No, I won't give in. And a whole bunch of people just went, oh, dear Lord, please let there be something other than these two chuckleheads to keep us entertained. (laughs) Anything. Anything. We've suffered enough. Oh, yes. No, God, please, no. No. All right. So let's talk about, you know, one of the one of the good things to come out of the turd pile that has been 2020 and uh, the Mandalorian, which we were I think it's safe to say that anyone who had any kind of contact with the first season of Mandalorian was looking forward to the second season. Mm-hmm. 
And so we now got two chapters under our belt. We are we're, since we're recording this November eighth. This is the what two days after they released chapter ten. Yes. And so by the time that you are listening to this, we'll be on the cusp, or you'll have had a chance to listen to or watch chapter eleven. But we're going to talk about the first two here because well, that's all we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. sir, why don't you, you know, you've done such a great job in the Week in Geek, and quite honestly, my brain is mush, uh, because, again, this week has been one hell of a year. Uh, why don't you take <laughs> us through this? Where Lead me on, is what I'm trying to say. So, we're going to walk through these two chapters. Uh, so, the first uh, that was released a couple weeks ago was Chapter 9, The Marshal, which mm. I just love the name and love the fact that they are continuing to treat these episodes like chapters, like I'm, I'm watching a visual book. I, yes. I just love that, that effect. And we open uh, just in, you know, in, in my mind, I, I felt like the opening was very reminiscent of Episode 1 from Season 1. Mm. but done in a very different way because it was the same end result, which is you walk away realizing Mandalorian is one tough dude. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's making his way to what we eventually find to be some sort of, of you know, fight, uh, you know, uh, a fight arena um, to talk with a gambler or, or some sort of uh, – What'd you call him? A uh, a gambling cyclops. Yeah, gambling cyclops. Cyclops by the name of Gore Koresh, who was played by John Leguizamo. Yes. Uh, so that that was that was a neat little nod to him. But um, but basically, uh, we we are introduced uh, or reintroduced to the Gamorians uh, that we mm. had seen in Return of the Jedi. These were the uh, pig faced guards that Jabba had. Uh, you know, uh, guarding uh, his his entryway, his tunnels, his paths yeah. to his lair, and much and, a much slimmer version too. Like these guys yes. have been to, been to like you know Jenny Craig, or <laughs> either that or they ha- they haven't been working very much lately. So maybe that's it. You know, they're well. They it is post Empire, so everyone's uh, you know everyone's had had to cut down a little bit. So they're living living a little lean these days because they were they're in that ring. I'm like, man, they weren't moving that quick in Jabba's palace. But then again, I mean, you look at Jabba. That's not a great example. I mean, mm. he wasn't exactly like, all right, everyone do calisthenics. You know oh, 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 sit up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that was happening there. No, so no. That, uh, well, that kind of made sense. So it, it did, was interesting. They looked fantastic. They yeah, really it, did. Yeah, it was interesting to see him in that environment. Um, what I also liked was um, how their axes were not like standard. Like like you saw their axes visually as being an axe, but yeah. when they would clash, there was some sort of like field around them, and so you were kind of getting the sense that these were not, you know visually what they seem to be and mm. uh so it was just kind of interesting and it wasn't a wrestling match i mean they were basically dueling with their axes and and there was a conversation so basically what we get to understand is the mandalorian is looking he's trying to trace his way to the network of mandalorian coverts that still exist uh in the galaxy so that he can begin figuring out where the child originated from and, and where his his kind are Mm. And his his whole connection with Gore Koresh was to understand, you know, who he knew as another Mandalorian that he could connect with. Yeah. What we quickly find out is uh, he has to once again go back to what is the true center of the galaxy, Tatooine, uh, to find said Mandalorian. Yeah. The only place the only place more remote than that apparently is Jakku. 
Yes. And yes. Yeah. And 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 it's I, you know what? It's not a it's not a distant second. It's a real close second. Because I mean, <laughs> Tatooine yes. is another one of those places where where I'm sorry where. Oh no, I can't give you a ride there. I'm sorry, I'm not going that far. <laughs> oh hell no, oh, hell no. Yeah. We roll up our windows and lock the doors in the Millennium Falcon when we're going through that neighborhood. Oh my gosh, you never know. You never know. Nope, nope. So you see that alien uh, look at Cricket over there? Oh, he's creepy. Yes. Anyways, so so we 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 get to that funny part where uh, basically Gore Koresh and his henchmen want. His ar- basically want the Mandalorian's armor. Yes. And we see him reach down and tap something on his wrist, and the child knows what's about to go down and closes his ca- his, his capsule there, and, and all of a sudden the whistling, what are they called? The whistling... Uh, whistling birds. The whistling birds. Take Which him is, out. Uh, did you kind of... Were you keeping track, like, through these first two chapters uh, as far as how many of the, the visuals that we kind of picked out in that Mando trailer... How many are paid off so far? Because I've been kind of keeping like a yeah. mental tally going in my head. Quite a few, actually. Quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of glad they they I'm glad that they they paid this one off early because otherwise I just would have been waiting for it. Yeah. Because it was such a great moment. So I'm really glad they actually paid that one off early. I was oh, yeah. very glad yeah. to see that. And well, what was funny is the ensuing fight. So you know, a fight breaks out, and and one thing I really found you know hysterical about it was the the fact that during the fight the mandalorian actually like leans into a punch and uses his helmet to basically mm. ding the guy you know the guy basically like busts his hand on his helmet trying to yeah. punch him which was which was smart i mean he's wearing a helmet why not use it as a weapon yeah so I mean, it was it was that's fun. what you're hoping out of mandalorians that they're these great warriors yeah. which was always the thing that like in retrospect you look at how how badly boba fett got jobbed out like these you know, these are supposed to be these great fighters, and you know, Boba Fett. All it takes is like Han, like hits him once in the jetpack, and and that's it. And it's like, yep. really? That's how you that's how you took out one of the great bounty hunters in the galaxy? Yep. Is you tapped him with a staff from a dude who was like three quarters blind? Yes. Oh yeah, that's great. Just that's accidentally great. twists and happens to hit the ki- the, the the start switch on the jetpack. Yeah, you might as you might as well go back and label him Kevin Nash and, oh. and Han Solo, Hulk Hogan, and the finger touch of doom. Yes, yeah, that's really the, the same sort of thing. Yeah, just yep. with better costumes. But 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 so we're so this is just the beginning. We haven't gotten to the title sequence yet, and, and yeah, the best part of this is so he strings up Gore Koresh upside down from basically a light post. Mm-hmm. And as he had walked into this arena, you saw these like red-eyed things off in the dark, and clearly yeah. they were not coming out into the light. Mm-hmm. And he's walking away, and he he swears to this character that he will not he die by his hand. And uh, he's walking away, and I just I just love it. He pulls the gun out, and he's like, "I thought you weren't going to kill me." He's like, "I'm not." And he just shoots the light out, and all of a sudden you see all the red eyes converge. <laughs> oh. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> like, oh my Mandalorian is one bad mother. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm just talking about Mando, and we know, and we can dig it. Oh, God. I'm going to have to go listen to the entire soundtrack from Shaft now. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, for you're that, welcome. Actually. You are welcome, sir. That's just oh. the beginning of that episode, man. How good yeah. was that? And that's credits, right there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. And now we get more? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so so this episode was, um, uh, th- and this was a long one. Th- this was, uh, I think, 55 minutes. 
So so much longer. Like I think last season wow. they were all about thirty to forty minutes in length. I got to be honest. I didn't even notice that it was longer. I really. Was, but then again, I was just so happy to be watching something that I expected to be watching this year. That <laughs> you'll, was, you'll take the extra 15. <laughs> I, time didn't matter. I was just absorbing it all in. I'm just like, oh, I was literally staring at my television, just hypnotized. You know, the security blanket has, has arrived. Oh, my gosh. It, it just warmed, warmed my heart, warmed my heart. So, you know, we're, we're not really looking to do a play-by-play of the entire episode, you know, in no. sequence here. But, you know, so, so I think at this point I'll just kind of touch on, on some, some interesting stuff that, that had gone on. You know, one, one thing that, that I found kind of funny, so, uh, so we, we see uh, Amy Sedaris's character from last season, Pelimoto. She's, she's the mechanic yeah. that he runs into at Tatooine. Love the sequence with the droids, um, especially the one that gets the hose hooked up to his face. <laughs> it's just like kind of... Yeah. I oh, mean, it's, it's the, we, it's we were laughing. <laughs> it's perfect. It's, oh, it's it was, awesome. Oh, it's fantastic! Fantastic. And then, and then, bringing back that droid that the one that uh, uh, that uh, Luke's, you know, yes. uncle was going to buy R five. I think is what it was. Yeah, that that ends up exploding. He has <laughs> the bad motivator, end- man. He had the bad motivator. That's right. That's right. And so they they end up getting R two instead, and now. He, shows back up in this and and very deliberately i love how she says like at least once like oh yeah yeah just take your time take your time (laughs) it's just moving so slow i know i know oh so many great callbacks and little little like fleshing out of little details and you know going back to like that dude who's a the the thing that held all the beskar and it was that thing in Empire Strikes Back that yes. was actually like it was a Swedish ice cream maker or yes. whatever. Yeah. And yeah. and just like grabbing something and like, oh hey, you know what? We'll make this into a thing. Yeah. I just I love that. I love how like how much love and care Favreau and company have for this. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just it's just one love letter after another, you know? Oh, it's oh it's gorgeous. It oh, is. It's gorgeous. It is. So what do you think of the, of, of the marshal himself? So so we find Timothy Oliphant. He's playing Cobb Vanth. Mm. And if you remember, uh, Oliphant was part of a, I think it was a six or seven season series on FX called Justified, where he played a sheriff. Yes. And uh, so, you know, so kind of in a similar role, but, uh, but and kind, kind of shows the, up in some familiar armor, but looking pretty funny wearing it. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the guy, if I'm remembering correctly, the actor who played the bartender was the bartender in that, in the, like his bartender friend in Justified? Uh, I think it was Deadwood, actually. Oh, that's right. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's that's but, right. But, but no, you're you're right on though. It yeah. So the bartender in this episode in in most po- Pogo Pogo whatever it was called. Mm. Uh, you know, I did all was the other research except that part. Yeah. Um, was uh, yeah. So I think he was the same guy from Deadwood. Okay, I, I got that confused. Then I thought I I like Tim, Timothy Oliphant. I think it was funny because I I now want to, I I did I oh that's right I didn't get all the way through it. I started listening to the to the latest Fat Man Beyond that came out earlier this week, and that I believe they were going to cover Mandalorian, and I didn't get deep enough into the episode today. I cannot wait to hear what Kevin Smith has uh, has to say about Timothy Oliphant being in that, because yeah. he was in a movie with him, 
and I guess referred to him as Olafantastic. <laughs> like there was there was a little bit of weird kind of sort of yeah sort of thing going on there. So I as I as I'm watching that episode, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear what Smith has to say about this. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. awesome because number one, Smith's going to be high and he don't give a rip. So <laughs> it, this is going to be this is going to be. This is going to be lovely to watch. So I entertaining with a capital E. But I actually thought he was really good in the episode. I, I thought yeah. it was yeah. it was a nice twist that it wasn't Boba Fett. That it's this other character, and now learning that that character has this place in kind of the uh, you know Star Wars. Well, I guess that's uh, isn't that Legends? Are all the all the books are kind of now Legends, or is that actually part of the canon? Uh, that's a good question, I, and, and unfortunately, I, I am uh, failing to play my my best uh, impersonation of Jimmy Dice on this one. Uh, I'll, let me let me let me. Get but I call did at right least now. I did at least look up. I did at least look up that his character Cobb Vanth was part of uh, a book series called Star Wars: The Aftermath Trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, where he where the the character of Cobb Vanth in that book was essentially a mar- uh, the sheriff of this town in Tatooine and he did have the Boba Fett armor. Yeah. So so there there that was clearly taken from from that. Now whether that's canon or not, I'm not entirely sure. Well, it is now. That's a, that's the kind of the thing is like it, a lot of this stuff like even if it wasn't, as soon as it starts getting reabsorbed, mm-hmm. like sort of like Thrawn, like Thrawn was, you know, oh well, if it doesn't happen in the in the movies, it's not canon. Well, right. Now Thrawn's in in Rebels, and he's in he was in um, Clone Wars too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And, well, now that's oh no canon. no no he he wasn't. I don't think he was in Clone Wars. He wasn't. No, because um, that was well maybe he was. I haven't oh, watched no, that whole series. That's Ahsoka Tano. I'm thinking of. Yes. she was in she was in both. Yeah, Thrawn was definitely in Rebels. Yeah. Um, so I I mean I just I like the fact that maybe some of that stuff wasn't considered canon, and this is a nice way to start. It's a very nice low key, and actually. I mean, it, it makes so much sense, especially if Lucasfilm is kind of looking at the the postquill and saying, "Eh, maybe we maybe we swung and missed on a few things here." I mean, ev- everyone loves the Mandalorian, so they're like, "Hey, this is a great way to start." Kind of, you know, "Hey, John, come over here for a minute. Here's a few things that we'd if you can work them in in the next couple seasons, that'd be awesome because it'll save our butts." <laughs> If you could, yeah, if you yeah. could grab a few of these ideas that we were like, no, we don't want any of that, and we do want it now, yeah, <laughs> and and everyone likes you, they don't like us so much, right? They all hate you. Well, and and it kind of, you know, you, you just mentioned Thrawn. I mean, it kind of gives me some hope that w- would they potentially pull him in at some point as as a villain character? You know, not this season because I think this season's you know path is kind of charted at this point and and yeah you know it seems like it, i think it would be way too soon to introduce them but if, if they have a long you know a long game in mind with this series they you know because it fits into the in, into the timeline you know i mean thrawn was a a presence in the post empire you know state the, those the episode we did a, a few back with jimmy dice on the thrawn trilogy takes place about five years after return of the jedi yeah and i believe uh, Mandalorian is somewhere in there. I mean, it's not right after it, but I don't know that it's five years after it. It might be in the three to four year range. I don't. I don't quite remember. Yeah, because they do mention this. I mean, well, the blowing up of the second Death Star is is a central part of yes. you know Cobb's story. Yeah. Hold up, sir. I actually, I would now, and before we a little fantasy booking, I would actually rather they not have Thrawn in in the Mandalorian. 
I would rather see that become part of like the next series of movies because I think that's a mm. bad guy that people would love to see. And yeah, you're going to you're going to piss off some people cuz they're like, "Oh, this doesn't fit the books and this and that." And it's like, "Well, yeah, but you know what? You ain't going to never see him in those movies cuz all those folks are really old." Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. So Thrawn is now going to be part of, you know, he was part of the First Order, or maybe he, maybe he's still around from the Empire and has just been kind of waiting, or maybe they grab Ezra Bridger and bring him, you know, when he was zipped off with the space whales, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is where, you know, he comes out and some, you know, whatever you want to do, it's all space magic anyway, so why, why the hell not, you know, I would love to see that, and and if you have to kind of tease him a little bit and kind of somehow incorporate him in, in the background a little bit to get people's appetite wetted, then okay. Yeah. But I would rather see him on the big screen, you know, as the as a big bad in a movie because that's that's the place where they've been lacking, mm-hmm. you know. Especially in that post school and again going back to our previous episode when I talked about it, that could have been solved by letting Kylo Ren actually be the big bad and right. they just didn't right. they felt they needed to bring back the emperor. So now you're you're out of bad guys. Yeah. Here's a good one. That's true. <laughs> I, that's I true. I would love to see that rather yeah. than that rather than the show. Yeah, I, I feel it would be it would be a waste. I would love to see more little stories in the show, but that's just me. No, no. I mean, I mean, I I hear you. I I think it would be it. it I would be on board with a movie version of him as well. I, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what they're doing from a movie standpoint at this point. You know, it seems it seems like they're taking a breather from it. Um, yeah, but. You know, I I also don't know if if we're going to find out over time if Mandalorian is going to be a launch pad for maybe some other series, you know, with some of these characters or not. But but we shall see. But but bringing it back to the Marshall, I I, I love his introduction. I love, you know, him kind of walking in. I mean, he just looks like some kind of like, you know, buffoon wearing Boba Fett's armor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't look like a buffoon, but I mean, you can tell it doesn't fit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's it's well, the, the funny thing is, like the first time when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, but then I was like, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, B- Boba got taller. <laughs> well, but it was, it was because I just saw the armor. I didn't yes. really, yeah. that, that's what drew my eye. And then I didn't really look at, you know, who was wearing it. And then a split second later, all of a sudden it starts, the picture comes together. I'm like, that ain't Boba, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What kind of, what kind of broke ass Mandalorian we got going on here? Needs, needs a sandwich. Uh, but, yeah, then then it starts to become very clear. Like, oh, this ain't this is we got head faked. Mm-hmm. We got head faked. We got swerved. You might say. Damn. I I I love the standoff in the bar. Yes. Uh, I I love his comment about he's like we're gonna do this in front of the kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like he's seen worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that was great. That yeah. was just such awesome dialogue. And and what I really enjoyed too was when he sat down, when the marshal sits down and he takes his helmet off. I love the body language from the Mandalorian because right away he knows something's wrong. <laughs> yes, this is not the guy I'm looking for because what the heck, dude? Why are you taking your helmet off? Yeah. So, yeah, so us I, Mandalorians don't use that much product in our hair. Either. Yes. Yes. You so, notice that, like, he took his helmet off. His hair was perfectly quaffed. It was like immaculate. I'm like, okay, all right, time out. Yeah. I'll buy space magic and sand dragons and all and 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 the the, the wavy hand thing. 
that ain't happening. <laughs> your hair is not going to look you like that. You put a helmet on. That. that hair's going to be matted down. Don't make me, you know, don't, don't, don't tell me otherwise. Where's the helmet head? That's oh, what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Either that or you're a force user. That's right. And That's all right. you're using it for is hairstyling, which, eh, I mean, hey, why not? So, yeah, no, I thought that was great. I thought, you know, one of the things that struck me, especially after seeing the second episode or, or chapter 10, is that actually chapter 9 really does not have a ton of action. It is a mm-hmm. very slow burn you know, but again, very well paced because you don't, like I said, I didn't even notice it was longer. I, I didn't even question it. I didn't, yeah. it didn't, it didn't feel all that long to me, but, uh, well, cause, cause they're doing effective storytelling. I mean, you, you don't, yeah. you don't notice that it's a lot, you know, it's a good sign. Like you said, when you don't notice that something is running longer than it normally would, because you're absorbed in the story. I mean, I, when I was watching sons of anarchy, their last season, most of their episodes were 90 minutes long when they're normally a 60-minute show. Mm-hmm. And when the show came to an end, I'm like, "Where? huh, 90? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it flew right by. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. happened? Yeah, so, totally. So, so this episode was the same. And, and, and I, I agree with you. I think the way they paced the story out, I, I, I really enjoyed the way they had him tell his backstory. Um and the way they show characters' backstories, they're, they're always weaving it into what's going on in in the present, not, you know, trying to force it. Um, you know, of course, someone has to be telling the story, and they kind of frame it that way. But but even last season, when when the armorer, the, the Mandalorian armorer, was was banging on, you know, banging out his his new armor, and you're seeing shots of him, you know, being put into the bunker, and his parents dying, and you know, yeah. a Mandalorian saving him. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't you know, doing any exposition there, but you were getting a sense of, of, of who, where he came from. And with, with Cobb Vanth, I mean, he's telling the story, but you're, you're also getting the visual of what transpired post, you know, empire post death star being blown up and, and, you know, just how everything just went, you know, South for, for the folks on that planet or in that town yeah. very, very quickly. And so it was just very interesting because you know we, we we have this romanticized view from the from the I don't mean to say romanticized because it's fiction but you know our our perspective has always been through Luke and Han and Leia and what they overcame yeah and now we're starting to see that it wasn't as rosy for everyone else <laughs> as it was for our heroes mm-hmm. and what they went through so I, I I really appreciate how Favreau and Filoni and 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 all of them are are you know on that crew. Really, as they write these stories, they're really putting some thought into the depth of of you know what has really been up to this point background characters. Uh, yeah, and, and and I'll get to that in, in in just a second here with another character or set of characters that seems to keep popping up on the show. Yeah, and I I do appreciate the fact that they started off the seat. They could have started off the season with. Getting right back, I mean, and they, in a way, they are getting right back into the story, you know, because it is, it is uh, the first step in his journey somewhere. However, yeah. it's not directly tied into anything really that happens in the previous season. Right. It's it's really a self-contained story that's wrapped in this idea of okay, this is part of the journey that he needs to go on. But it's a really just a bing bang boom and and then okay now the next thing yeah and, and, I, and I, I i like the fact that that takes a little bit of guts yeah to start off like that because everybody's like okay now when when's he gonna do this when's he, you know we're gonna 
you're ex- it, w- it really wasn't what I was expecting, I guess. And I yeah, I, I like the fact that they managed to, to to give me the unexpected, but it wasn't disappointing whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 watched it with um we we did this group watch thing you can do on Disney Plus with with my sister's family and. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were doing a Zoom call afterwards talking about it, and, and you know, all the kids were just like, oh, we wanted to see, you know, the Darksaber and Moff Gideon and stuff, and yeah. and, 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 I, and I do understand that. I mean, you, you come off of the end of the season, and you want to see what's going on next there, but I like how they're, they're, they're letting things breathe right now, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like these two episodes, and I'll be curious what the next two look like when we talk about them, are really kind of giving some breath to the whole overall story. And allowing, you know, some kind of mini stories to be told that only serve to enhance the backstory of the Mandalorian character and the, you know, these background characters who we've never really gotten any depth on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if now's the best time to switch into it, but I mean, like like the Tusken Raiders are once again kind of a front and center part of all this. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed, and, and I said this a couple times while we were watching it to, to, to the family, was... I really like how we're now seeing the Tusken Raiders in a very, very different way than what we saw them in the movies. Like they were yep. always this enigma, these bad guys who are just, you know, chaotic, evil. You know, they they stole, you know, uh, back in the prequels, they, you know, they essentially kidnapped Anakin's mother, which led to him, you know, going down the dark path he did. Uh, and in this episode, you see the Mandalorian, you know, you know, once again, as he's riding the bike across the desert to, to get to that town, he, he, he spends time with them. He talks with them when he brings Cobb Vanth to them and, uh, they're discussing about, you know, kind of an alliance to, to, to take down the, the, the Krite dragon, just the, the way that he kind of diffuses all that and, and, you know, tries to say, you know, at one point he, he says to, you know, to, to Vanth, he's like, we're all going to be like three little Fonzies here. And what's Fonzie like? Come on, Yolanda, what's Fonzie like? Cool. You got to remember, you guys are the foreigners here, not them. Correctamundo. Yeah. Yes. You know, like they were, they, they have survived out here for thousands of years. Humans showed up all of a sudden and they look at you guys as the ones who are taking their resources. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, whoa. Now, when you yell at me, it makes me nervous. You know what I mean? Like, I, again, it's a fictional universe, so on and so forth, but... These characters have always been framed this way to us. And so to now have the hero of this particular story kind of explain like from their point of view, mm-hmm. it, it really is a it's it's really an interesting way of kind of saying, hey, you may want to try listening and understanding the other side here a little bit before yeah. you pull the trigger. Correctamundo. Yeah, and again, it's just adding that depth. It's adding the texture to things that we are we've already seen. But now it, you're seeing them in a slightly different way, and you're starting to get more information on them. And that's what yeah. that's what makes people love stuff like this is mm-hmm. is getting that getting more layers. And until, I mean, honestly, there's not been that many opportunities in movie history where this sort of thing happens. Right. You know, right. really. I mean, Star Wars was a franchise, yes, but until then, you start getting into like. Marvel movies, and then you start really seeing interplay between characters and different movies and all that. Now you're starting to see a little of that in Star Wars because this is what we talked about 
a year ago when we talked about, you know, how are they going to add to the universe? Because it's always been Luke, Luke, Han, Leia, Luke, Han, Leia, Luke, Han, Leia. And even when it was the prequel trilogies, it was all about, well, how did how did Luke get here? And how did Luke dad, Luke's dad and mom get here? And right. then the then the post-school trilogies were still kind of like, even though you're giving us new characters, it's still like, okay, this one is going to be Han's story, and this one's mm-hmm. going to be the end of Leia's story, and this one's going to be the end of Luke's story. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. You're still tying that up. And in yeah. here, you're, you're now you're filling out stuff outside of that. It's, it's related to it, but it's not directly related. And I love that. Yeah. I love that whole... I love everything about that, because now... It's something that we we kind of feel like we know, but now we're realizing, oh wow, I don't know that much about it. Yeah, and yep. now you're telling me more, and I like it. Yep, agreed, agreed. And so yeah, so so basically, as the story progresses, uh, they form an alliance with Tuscan Raiders to take down um, what has only been discussed in books. And I think we did have a, a, a visual in Episode Four, a New Hope, uh, when C three PO and R two D two were roaming the desert. You see this huge skeleton. In the, in the desert sand, and that is a crate Dragon. Uh, never seen one in the movies, never seen one on screen until this episode, but we do now. And, and I, I have yes to tell you, the funniest part of that episode to me was as, as Cobb and the Mando are with the Raiders, uh, and, mm. and one of them is bringing the Bantha <laughs> out to kind of lure him out because they find out that you know the, basically the Raiders have been feeding him yeah, they're trying to play the old, the, like the bring the goat to the T Rex sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and feed him to keep him satisfied and kind of sleeping so that he's not bothering them. What's the matter, kid? You never had lamb chops? And you have this one Tuscan Raider who drops the bantha off. He makes the sound, and then I just love the sequence after that where he's trying to run back and he's just like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> oh yeah, something is going very very awry. And and the fact the fact is like everybody who's living in 2020 watching that going, "Oh, he's done. He's done." Cuz that's what would happen if this was if, yes. if this were happening in, on Earth in 2020, <laughs> it's totally not going to go for the Bantha. It's going for you. That's I how mean, it's going to work. Who, whoever played that raider played it like like played that sort of fear perfectly because he starts to run and and you and you hear the sound of of, of the crate dragon. And then he starts to pick it up a, a step with, his, with with the running, falls down, mm. <laughs> like oh he's done. <laughs> oh yeah, right there. Game over, man. Game, Game over. over. <laughs> That's it. You're toast. They all hate you. <laughs> no, they're they're all hungry, and you apparently are very tasty. Well, and then the crate dragon comes out. He doesn't even bother with the bantha. He eats the Tuscan Raider, yeah. <laughs> and he goes back to bed. <laughs> And the bantha's over there just like, sweet. Oh, my gosh. Chewing on its bantha cud or whatever that is that <laughs> they do. Oh, that my was goodness. Hysterical. That, that, that to me was just such a funny scene. It's yeah. Like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, and so, and this is something I talked to you a little bit about in our, our what, our pre, 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 what, the, the, our, our texts during the week. Let's just be perfectly honest. The, the texts during our week that are mostly you sending me that Bobby Roode glor- glorious gif. Glorious. Just over and over again and keeping that song stuck in my head. I just try to sprinkle it in there as much as I can, my friend. Glorious. 
Oh, can I just tell you this? All right, total side note. And oh, you know go. what? I would go. say I would say that I I feel bad for telling this be, people this, but yeah, I I don't because we sidetrack constantly. You know the song I've had stuck in my head for like the last two days that I can't explain how it got there. Uh, I don't know what. You know that uh, Cheryl Crow song, uh, whatever, da 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 da, soak up the sun or whatever. Yeah, that? yeah. I don't know where the hell that came from, but it's been stuck in my... I'm hearing it right now. Well, there's worse like, songs you could have stuck in your head, like, you know, no, the glorious no, theme. <laughs> no, there's really not. I would take that, because that rocks, but this Cheryl Crow <laughs> song, it's not her finest work. I'm a, I Actually, I enjoy uh, Cheryl Crow quite a bit, but this song is not one of my favorites, and it's I can't get it out. I, I'm... I'm going to need a lobotomy or something to get this song out of my head. I'm convinced. Yeah. But anyway, so in our in our pre-production meeting and text, we had uh, I had mentioned this really seems like there's a whole lot of kind of little detail drops and nods to Dune. And maybe it's just because I finished reading it not that long ago. Yeah. The Krite Dragon seems an awful lot like a sandworm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds like kind of how the book describes what a, sa- a sandworm sounds like and kind of the way it like pops up and eats and all that kind of sounds like the way it was in the book. And then also the idea of like the moisture farm and all that and, and the fact that when you're on Dune or Arrakis, it's, you know, moisture is so valuable yeah. and and all these things. I was like, ah, gee, there's a lot of little nods happening here. So I thought that was interesting too. Now I could be completely wrong, but yeah. I, if, yeah. if I'm remembering right, I believe that George Lucas was influenced by, by Dune, at least probably in some indirect way, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I just figured I'd throw that out and try yeah. and sound smart. No, no, no. I mean, it's 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 an interesting point because you're absolutely right. I mean, that Dune is, you know, there, there's a lot of similarities between Tatooine and some of the settings on Dune, you know. And yeah. so you, you wonder if, if there was some inspiration drawn from there. Mm. Yeah, so so we get to a point of of, of the Tuscan Raiders and this and the townspeople coming together, uh, bringing their resources together. Uh, you know, again, kind kind of working through the differences, but. Um, but basically, uh, going back to where the Cray Dragon's uh, lair is, so to speak, the cave that it resides in, mm. and they have this grand plan to uh, they bury a bunch of explosives in the ground. Um, they're going to try to lure it out, and when it's laying, you know, because it kind of comes out and then like lays on the ground, then they're going to try to detonate it. Yeah, and that's the big idea to take down the Cray Dragon. So it starts out uh, not so hot. Uh, you know, the dragon <laughs> dragon shows up. Uh, doesn't quite come out as far as he needs to, um, and I'm not going to do a play-by-play on this, but I got to say, and this is where I got inspiration for the episode title, Fly, Fly by Crate, it was really cool to see Mando and Cobb Vanth with the Boba Fett armor just kind of flying around and trying to do what they could from the air um, yeah. as as this as this dragon was just going ballistic. I mean, it, it came out from the ground, it comes out from the top of the mountain. I mean, it was just, it was kind of yeah. an incredible, like, sight to behold that they, that they, you know, pulled off when, in this episode with with that with that creature. Yeah, I mean, there's only really there's really only two action sequences in this episode, but the second one more than makes up for any of any lack of action in the kind of the middle portion of this show because yeah, yeah like you said that that thing is is like everywhere. Yeah, it's insane, and then and then to end it by having Mando pull a pull a Tony Stark in Avengers, and mm-hmm. you know, going in and just blowing the thing all the pieces from the inside out. I mean, yep. okay, yeah, that's that's well, pretty badass. and and foreshadowing 
Uh huh. A little bit about how someone else may have survived. Ah, uh, yes, because as we find out, the the the, the cry dragons live in empty sarlacc pits, mm-hmm. and that they they actually might eat the sarlacc. That's how you get an empty sarlacc pit. Hmm. Indeed. Hmm. And then and then what happens? Because of course, then Cobb, you know, being the being the decent guy that he is, you know, all fantastic, and he 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 gives him the armor as agreed, and and we see. We see Mando riding off into the sunset, and 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 then there's that that one other bit. What what is that? What is that one last visual that we kind of get in the episode? Tim, a lone figure standing in the hills, mm. staring down as the speeder bike speeds across the desert. He turns around, and by God, it is Boba Fett. By God, I hear Boba Fett's music. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jr. <laughs> Business is about to pick up. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, to me, that that was like the the bow on the present that was this that was this episode was to just have that reveal at the very end. I'll, I'll do one better. That's like when you when you've seen when you've gotten all your Christmas presents and your uh-huh. parents hid one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that felt like. It wasn't the oh, bow. Yes. That was the one that you're just like, all right, hey, I'm actually pretty happy. Like that was a pretty cool Christmas. Like, hey, yeah. go check behind the couch. <laughs> you I know, know. almost like I in know. a Christmas story where the BB gun is hidden behind the desk or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was, I was, yeah. I, I didn't get. I got to be honest. I didn't get it at first because it does go pretty quick, and I was, I was honestly, I was basking in the glow. I'm like, I might need a cigarette. I, I don't, I don't even smoke, and I feel as though I need to. <laughs> Just kick back and enjoy this moment, and then well, I'm like, Whoa, and wait a minute, who's that dude? Oh, that might. Oh, if you're not someone familiar with the prequel trilogy, it may not have had the same kind of effect because you only know. So, so the actor's name is Tamira Morrison. He played Django Fett in Episode Two, mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones, and we at that time see. So, so basically, for for those not familiar, in, in Episode Two, uh, Obi Wan meets Django Fett. Uh, who is essentially the one they based the clones off of uh, mm-hmm. and, and and did all the cloning off of. So all of the clones look like Jango Fett, basically. And his only ask was that one of the clones not be accelerated in their growth and be given to him as, as a child so he can raise him as a son. Now, so- he, he was a Jango Fett was a was a was a Mandalorian, right? He was a bounty hunter with Mandalorian armor. Yes. Ah, I don't know so, if he was a Mandalorian per se. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't. Yeah. Hmm. So, so Boba we see as a child, and so when he turns around in, at the end of the episode, that's when you make the connection that it because because Django. I mean, without you know, it's not spoilers at this point. Episode two is like twenty years old. Uh, yeah, J- Django dies at the end of episode two. Mm. I know, at the hand of uh, Stone Cold Mace Windu. <laughs> Correct the mundo. <laughs> Samuel Jackson dropping him. <laughs> Say what one more time. <laughs> oh man, dude, that that video with with uh with with uh with Samuel Jackson doing the voice for Darth with Samuel L. Jackson like v- voice bits as yes. Darth Vader. Yes. Oh, I, I don't I, remember asking you a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, uh, I, I want a cut of that movie now. Like it, I would, 
I, I would give I I would give anything to have that cut of just Samuel L. Jackson. Not he could just improvise the whole thing. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 that's how we know it was Boba at the end. Um, one other thing I just want to point out too, it was kind of cool. So after they they take out the 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 Krite dragon, um, loved seeing the Tuscan Raiders doing their usual, you know. Um, you know, yes. er, 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 when 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 they found the uh, the and I had forgotten about this. I had to go read about this because I wasn't sure if this was like last season when the Jawas, you know, were given the egg or <laughs> mm-hmm. the egg, and they were like, you know, just mm. like so enamored with the egg. I didn't know if this was an egg or what it was, but apparently the crate dragon carries within it a pearl, and yes. so the the Tuscans uncovered the pearl as they were going through and. Uh, they, they were, cho- you know, basically the townspeople and then were splitting the, the meat, you know, for food. Uh, and then they found the pearl and that's when they did the, you know, did they, the old yeah. Tuscan Raider, uh, you know, loop yell there. And um, then the pearl is something that they then, that transfers the crate Dragon's uh, consciousness and it, then they input that into a giant supercomputer. And then we find out how Westworld season four is going to start. It's the, it's the, it's a oh, very. Oh, it's all tied together, baby. It's a very undercover kind of backdoor sort of connection crossover thing, but just mark, <laughs> mark my words and mark them well. Uh, Actually, don't mark anything I just said. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Somebody mark that and float that. I'm going to float that out there on, twi- on Twitter and see if I can start a rumor and see how far I can get that going. Do it. That would be lovely. Do it. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so. I completely forgot what I was just going to say. <laughs> you, so you were, you were so proud of yourself in that idea. <laughs> I did. I got so deep into that world, I just completely lost track oh, of the other point that I had. Man. Crap. It was, a, it was a halfway decent one, too. That was my joke point. I, I had, a, like, a real point after that. But I don't know. But, you know, I, 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 one thing I do kind of enjoy, and, and we'll, we'll discuss this in, episode, in, in Chapter 10 as well, I do like how, and and I've always enjoyed this about the Star Wars universe, and and I I know Lucas derived some of this from other written works, you know, especially with the Jedi kind of coming from, you know, being inspired by samurai, that for as technologically as advanced as this galaxy is, like the whole idea of honor and, you know, kind of standing by your word and all that sort of thing, like like you mentioned, you know, Cobb Vanth gives back the armor, right? Didn't have to. Uh, you know, they, well, he kind of had to. I mean, the dude just took out a crate dragon. He you did. Think he's gonna. He's he's not gonna think twice about gutting you. I'll take pleasure in gutting you. He did <laughs> to get but, that armor. But but the fact that they you know kind of have that sort of culture or or, or yes. they show that that as advanced as they are, because like here we are living in our world without that sort of space flight, and we, and, we, and trust is not something that's been you know handed around very easily as of late. So. Well, it is. It also is selective because I think that there's, you know, the Mandalorians demonstrate a certain code, the Jedi demonstrate a certain code, yeah, yeah. and then you, I mean, then there's varying shades of that. So I think it's, I think we we get some very strong examples of that, but there's a lot of gray area in this in this yeah. galaxy as well. Oh, there just is. Just keep in there mind. There is. Yeah, and and it's just it's a welcome thing to see, you know, for for, for me to see stories where they have characters that kind of hold themselves to that. You know, because yes. there's there, there's plenty of stories out there where characters don't do that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Um, so, is there anything about this episode that you didn't like? I mean, any, anything? Because I can't, I, I ain't got a damn thing. I'll just be honest. I, I mean, it's it's a stretch. I mean, the child was very much in the background. I, I did really appreciate. I, I love when he's on the the uh, speeder bike. How they have a, a shot of of the child. You know, just kind of like 
you know, kind of like a dog with his head out the window, you know, sort of in the yes. car, just like, woohoo, you know, he's loving it. The ears flapping in the wind. Yeah, yes. that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of the child there, and, and you know, but that isn't a negative. I mean, I think it was just the nature of the story they were telling. And Well, you know, I, the show is also called The Mandalorian, too. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people refer to it as the Baby Yoda show, but I... <laughs> You're wrong. It really is. It's like, it's, it's that dude. Yes. Yes. Although, I mean, damn, Baby Yoda is just so stinking cute. It's ridiculous. He is. He is. Gotta love it. But yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we have kind of uh, a little bit of an, an implicit idea as to how Boba Fett survived, you know, through this episode and through some of the information we get. And mm-hmm. uh, I, overall, I, I really have a hard time finding a problem with it. I mean, it, it did not feel like a long episode. It, it didn't advance the overall, st- you know, the longer term story. But I think that was OK because, I, you know, every story cannot be about the, the life and death, you know, sort of stakes of what's going on with, you know, Moff Gideon and, yeah. the, you know, the, the remnant of the Empire's interest in the child and all that. It can't constantly be that. Otherwise, it's going to flame out really quick. So, well, it's a lot like wrestling. Woo! You know, if you're if you're going to say, OK, well, six months from now, we want to have a big match. In some ways, you have to find ways to keep those characters involved with each other. But you also have to find a way to keep them separate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to, because there's a you you figure there's going to be a payoff down the road. Well, now you got to find interesting things for them to do. You know, and that was actually one of the weaknesses. I uh, there was in the third book of the Zon uh, series that we were talking about. I don't feel like he he found enough stuff for all those characters to do. Right. It really was right. such a holding pattern. There wasn't any anything really interesting keeping them apart. It was almost just like, well, it's not time for the ending yet. <laughs> Yeah. So let yeah. let me describe some more stuff to you, right, and right. and then let's oh now they're all together, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally makes sense. And I, 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 yeah. I, oh, such a great episode. So overall, thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Several thumbs I, up. Uh, if I had two extra thumbs, I'd I'd give you them. All right. Yeah. I would concur. Shall we move on to chapter ten? Yes. The passenger. Oh my gosh, this is this is a bizarre one, but yet. <laughs> This was very unlike Star Wars in some ways, uh huh. But in other ways, it was very like it because of the creature aspect of it. Yes, you know what I mean. Oh my gosh! Can I just tell you? So, so my wife has been watching this, and and she and she is one of the people who refers to it as the Baby Yoda show. Yes, um, you're wrong. I've given up trying to correct her. That's just how she's going to refer to it. She's all about Baby Yoda, and everybody is a distant second place in that show, and. She barely like wants wants to watch Star Wars, anyways. Like she still refers to a lightsaber as a lifesaver. You're wrong. I'm like that's. <laughs> I've given up, and now she's just now she's doing it just to taunt me. So I just ignore it. So, she was she's been watching these. She watched this episode, and when the creatures in question showed up. She jumped up off the couch like like someone had hooked her up to a car battery. She's like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Can't do this. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a problem. She's like, no, no, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. And she yeah. walked, she, she went, she left the room and left me and my daughter to watch it. Oh, wow. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my that gosh. Yeah, I mean, they're, they they were creepy. They were oh, creepy. 
but just different enough because I oh man I don't like me some spiders I'm not a big spider fan no I, I, I started watching the movie Arachnophobia like years and years ago after it was first on like VHS because that's how old we are mm-hmm. and I made it maybe 10-15 minutes and I just nope I don't care if I paid two fifty to rent this <laughs> you can keep my two fifty. I need to keep my sanity <laughs> I'm done. I this ain't this ain't happening. And but yet watching this because they were different enough, I could like my brain could make that thing like okay, these do not exist on this planet. Whereas like in arachnophobia, like they, yeah, the spiders are like beyond ridiculous size, but I'm like they look like regular spiders. At yeah. least they had the decency to make these look different enough. Where I'm like I can pretend that these do not exist in the universe. Yeah. 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 Because otherwise, I would have been joining her. I would have been like, okay, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but yes. Anyways, so yeah, this this was very, there were some different, way different elements in this one. Like, it got very much away from the Western kind of aspect into almost like a pseudo, like, alien sort of like horror vibe sort of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the, the Western part existed in the beginning. Yes. And, and I really liked how they did that. And and it this this kind of will will be one of the uh, buy or sell hot takes we're going to do toward the end here. But but that beginning where the group of whatever you want to call them thieves, mm. you know, ambush him as he's riding the speeder bike. I mean that like I geeked out on that big time, and it sounds stupid yeah. because all it was was just you know they they essentially like clotheslined him like they did in the uh, in Return of the Jedi <laughs> with, with yeah. the speeder bike guys. <laughs> yep. Um, but but for for the listeners, he he's riding through and he's getting to kind of this this rock, this narrow uh, pathway through uh, you know kind of two boulders or rocks and there are some thieves who have set up a, a clothesline essentially to kind of knock him off the bike and they're successful in it and they they basically are trying to plunder you know what he has and and there's a big fight they, that ensues. They bushwhack him. They bushwhack him. And yeah. I geeked out on that because I'm like. This is true to the environment that he's in. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Tatooine is not a civil, peaceful place. You know, like, we, we don't see a lot of it in the movies when we see Tatooine. It's it's always in these kind of remote areas where there isn't, you know, a lot of craziness going on. I mean, you know, you see the Tusken Raiders doing their shenanigans and, you know, like I mentioned what happened in episode two. But, but those are kind of the, ra- you know, those are the only views we get. Like, traveling back and forth, we never see shots of that stuff. And this one, I just thought it was really interesting and cool that Favreau, you know, thought to put that in there to say he's going across. At some point, he's gonna get bushwhacked by someone. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. It's like, and it's not a it's not a huge technology center. So yeah, all you need is a rope and some rocks. That's yeah, it. yeah. And I kept waiting for him to not fall for it, but he totally did. Like just. Yeah. Well, and and and, and I was talking to my sons about. It. They're like. There, there was an aspect of it that they didn't like. They're just like, why did they do that? I'm like, but that's the environment. Now, he could have been smarter and just stayed in the open sand, right? I mean, it would have mm-hmm. been much harder for them to do that. But but in this case, he didn't, and so he paid the price. So mm-hmm. so anyway, so I, I just I, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I liked, uh, of course, the, the, the comedy spot was one of them wanted the jetpack. Yes. And he gives it to him, and he lets him run away, and then it's like, you know, as soon as he lifted the wrist and started touching some things on the wrist, like, oh, this isn't going to end well for this guy. <laughs> well, and the best part of that entire thing, and this is why, oh my gosh, John Favreau is just a master with this. Just the idea that you don't see the dude on the jetpack. You just see Mando's reaction. Yes. And yes. you just see the head go, boom, 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 boom. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such like an old school comedy thing to throw in there. Mm-hmm. But it's a perfect thing to do with that, with a mask of someone whose face you can't see because there's no expression. You're just watching the head. Just watch them. Yeah. Just <laughs> like I was yeah. like, that's oh, it was beautiful. It was. I was. I was. I. I damn near peed myself watching that part. That was funny. <laughs> that was real funny. And then I liked when you know when he collected his stuff and and he had to walk back to Moss Eisley. Mm-hmm. You know that that felt very like kung fu like. You know what I mean? Like just had, had that kind of western sort of feel to it. And and then we start to get to the transition point. You know yeah. where, where we go from it being a western. But what I liked about this, and and again, I'm I'm kind of getting ahead of of the buy and sell stuff here a little bit. But you know this is what I always wanted to see when they were talking about the Boba Fett show. Like when this was originally going to be like a Boba Fett thing, or they were going to make mm-hmm. a Boba Fett movie. Like these are the things that I wanted to see that you kind of. If you're ever someone who are getting into like the role playing games for Star Wars or anything like this, is like, what do these guys go through? You know, transporting someone from one planet to another planet as payment for getting kind of hooked up to something you're trying to find seems yeah. like a normal thing in this universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 so like like I really liked how you know the 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 mechanic gets him connected up with someone who can help point him to where a covert could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, or where a Mandalorian is supposed to be. So it continues the overall story, but I, I just like how he is a bounty hunter. I'm sure ha- you know he carries you know his quarry around when he captures them, but I'm sure there are times like this when he's you know kind of ferrying people back and forth as a means of payment for something that he needs along the way. And so I just thought it was kind of an interesting way that they they, they did that to kind of set up that that whole you know s- scenario with with him and and what we will affectionately call the Frog Lady. Yeah, I mean, you got to diversify as a freelancer. Got to diversify. Got to. But yeah, that was that was great. I love. I like the introduction. I like the 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 comedy. Uh, there was actually a bunch of comedy in the front part of this episode, and and then you get to the middle of it, and you're like, oh, now I know why. Because we're just running scared, and it's terrifying, <laughs> and there's creepy things everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, give me a whole bunch of comedy at the beginning to just like kind of diffuse it, you know. Well, it, it puts you so much at ease that then all of a sudden when the child starts eating the spider thingy and you're like, oh, no. And you start noticing all the things around and they start moving. It's like, oh, no, it's going to be one of them type of deals, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh man. Game over, man. Yeah, that was. Uh, but I do love I love the whole thing with the with the mechanic. You know the the bushwhacking thing. All of it was great. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the thing with the child and, and the eggs, which is by like the third time when the child eats an egg and he's and he's just like how many of these have you eaten <laughs> <laughs> which is the same question i was asking like how how many of these is he taking down now and when's she gonna start noticing yeah i know i know i know i, I like I you're thought, eating my potential children you little green bugger i know Come here. i love how like that was kind of the running theme through the episode was just like apparently he's hungry <laughs> And and he hasn't quite satiated his appetite yet, and and apparently will eat damn near anything. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we we had crate dragon uh, on the spit. Uh, we yep. had uh, you know unfertilized eggs, and then yep. we had uh, not quite completely matured spider. So, yeah, and and quite happy with all of them. So pr- probably a, a healthy functioning uh, you know fifty year old for that alien race that that the child is from. So. <laughs> Ooh, needs to work a little roughage in there, though. I can't. <laughs> eat your can't, veggies, kid. Eat your veggies. Can't. I can't imagine that. I, I bet that spider thing he's going to bind you up a little bit. It, it, 
Didn't look very fibery. I'm just saying. Oh. Just saying. Oh, that's that's, that's going to be chapter chapter eleven. Is going to be you know <laughs> the, the blowout, <laughs> the laxative. <laughs> The child's just grumpy and levitating stuff around. I was like, what's the problem with it? I think he's bound up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, we went to a place I was not expecting. <laughs> that's pretty much every episode, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, We're hysterical. in a place I wasn't expecting, and I'm very uncomfortable and, ter- and terrified. <laughs> Yet also bemused, so... <laughs> let's stick around here for a while uh, let's sure let, let's just keep let's just keep pushing it <laughs> let's think about baby yoda going going poopy that'll be, <laughs> oh, God. That'll be we can work that oh, we can work an hour out of that mm-hmm. oh my oh, goodness gosh, i need and, a swig of the seltzer after that <laughs> be careful with that seltzer what happened last week oh my gosh that was hysterical. Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, so even before that, though, and well, actually, no, it's after that. The whole idea of like and and making it difficult. Of course, he can't go. You know, he can't go to light speed or anything like that. My neck. My probably my favorite moment was the conversation between Mando and the X-wing pilots, because oh, it's like just, the first one, you mean? Like when they're on their way there? Yeah, it's just so stilted, and it takes so long, and it's uncomfortable silences everywhere, and it's like. But the idea again, like the the lack of facial expression works there, because it it would be. Re- I mean, it could be really, it could be really over the top funny had it been. You see the person like, okay, are they gonna say anything? And you see their expression of like. Yeah. what's going on but just to see this mask and you don't know what's going on it helps to to keep it from going so far into comedy that it becomes ridiculous yeah it kind of yeah. holds it in check you know what i mean and i love that i love the fact that they managed to balance that so well and the, then the fact that that leads into like this incredible just this incredible like action sequence of flying and mm-hmm. oh and then and then that's and then puts you right into the situation of, of where he winds up and then the fact that those two pilots end up being the saving grace yes yeah it oh is just great i it, so i mean the funny thing is like it ends up there's a lot of comedy like comedy comedy out front mm-hmm. and then there's a there's kind of that laugh at the end but it, it then gets cre- retros- it's creepy kind of in the middle yeah but but then overall it makes the entire thing in retrospect a bit funnier yeah and a little yeah, less creepy yeah so i th- I thought that that was just great i was I really enjoyed that a lot well and 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 I love kind of the 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 mando kind of pretending you know to fumble around yes it's like uh oh look, I found it well and it goes it goes back to like Han solo on the death star yes you know, like yeah. uh, we're all fine down here uh, how <laughs> how are you <laughs> Wait, an imperial agent asked me how I was. Something is amiss. <laughs> yeah, but I love that's that's the great part about what Favreau has been doing with this show is he's he's not necessarily even directly tying stuff in or grabbing something wholesale. I mean, he's doing yeah. that, yeah. but something some things like this, he's just grabbing like the note, and he's using it in a different place in a different way. Right, right. And it, it, but yet you're like. Hey, I remember. Yeah. And and da 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 da. Oh, it's oh, I mean, you know what? I can we just give him like a lifetime Emmy or Oscar? I mean, because I don't know what sure. streaming 
what streaming is going to fall under here, but just give him the Lifetime Achievement Award now. Like, he gave us Iron Man, Chef, Elf, and The Mandalorian. I don't care what else he does. That's it. That's a that's a career that should be, like, we should be building statues. of. This should be a John Favreau land at, at Disney that, World. What was that award from The Simpsons that uh, Homer was awarded uh, by, by Mr. Burns? It was like, you know, the award for uh, excellence in the field of, outstanding something like it was a total like non-award title but it's like it had no meaning to it but it was just like you are excellent that's what we know no 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 we don't give him that we give him a real award you put a little respect on this guy's name i mean look at the joy he's bringing us come on now i i want to give him an award i just want to give him an award that covers like the the grand you know breadth give the man give the man a real award then you know, you don't give them the fake awards. Save that for Pedro Pasco. Um, oh, 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 wait, wait. Oh, wait. sorry. I found it. The Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. <laughs> That's what we need to give him. Right? Oh, Come on. It, it covers it's, – it's, it's like the uh, Universal Heavyweight Championship or the uh, Unified Heavyweight Championship. That's what I'm thinking of. You know, like, like it, it's the After Uber Award. After this past week, there's so many jokes I could go to with people who I think might already have that award somewhere on their wall. <laughs> Let's I, not go there. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. I'm going to delete this bit right now, but I, oh, I, just, I had to say it. Oh, boy. All right. So was it, what else did you like about uh, out of this episode? Or is there anything – actually, is there anything about this episode that you did not like? No, anything I put down is probably just, you know, I mean, I mean, the the one thing I, I'm kind of left questioning is given what we've seen the child do in the past and given the stakes and, and kind of what was going on with 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 the the colony of, of spiders that he awoke by snacking on one too many things mm. was like, when is he using his force ability? You know what I mean? Like, like they were in some serious danger, and it took like you know the X wings that that got them into this situation to get them out of it almost. Yeah. Um, I was kind of wondering, like, when does he bring that power to bear? Because you know they they eventually get kind of cornered in the cockpit. He's almost starting to get his like head eaten by this by one of them. You know, and it was just kind of like, yeah. a, and 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 he's not able to do it. So I mean, it's not really a, a dislike. I was just like more of a question. I think it, I think you have to give a little bit of leeway there because he's a child and he's he's just learning how to use these, and a lot of the times when he has, it almost feels like it's been a. I, I, but I when they've been in danger, it. right? Well, yeah. But, so I would have thought but, he'd be doing something here where he'd like you know force push them all or something, you know. I mean, it could be just that he was so ter- like as a child, just so terrified and and wasn't thinking. Yeah, because as be. a child, you don't necessarily always think rationally and logically. I mean, hell, most <laughs> there's a lot of adults who don't think rationally and logically. That, so, that is for certain, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm going out on too much of a limb. There. No, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, I, I can't think of too much out of this episode yeah. that I didn't like. Like all of the action that I kind of wanted. In the first episode, like in retrospect, as I had thought about it over over the span of you know five six days, where I'm like, oh wow, that that episode didn't have a whole lot of action. Then all of a sudden, this episode came along. I'm like, oh damn, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I got a lot of action. Some action I didn't even necessarily want. You know, like right. I I probably didn't see, see need to see the naked frog lady in the in the hot spring. I didn't need that. But uh, well, we didn't you know, really see her. 
well, but still. Although the, the bit where she like grabs her clothes by like the now that was her funny. Tongue. <laughs> it's like I I out. <laughs> I needed that laugh as all those little spider thingies are coming. Which, which oddly enough, oh, not oddly enough, but again, another tie-in. Those, I believe, and my daughter pointed out, those were in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Oh, they were. Okay. Okay. The trivia I pulled up is those were originally designed uh, to appear in the swamps of the planet Dagobah. Oh, those have been right at freaking home. In the oh, Empire that, Strikes Back. That would have been way too creepy, actually. I... I would have stopped being a Star Wars fan right then. Those things come rolling through the swamp. <laughs> it, it wasn't enough that you saw like you know, the bats flying through and other crazy looking creatures in in the swamp. Yeah, no, no freaking thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm good on that. Yeah. Good on. I liked that. Uh, you know with 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 the frog uh, the frog lady. I I did like kind of the call out to you know like the Mandalorians pretty much had it with the deal. That, that mm, they made, mm-hmm. he's like, "No way, am I doing this? I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, get off this rock sort of thing." And uh, you know, I liked how she kind of calls out, you know, again what he stands for, kind of reminds him, uh, yeah, what, and 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 you know, doing it in a very you know kind of parental sort of way. It's like, well, I guess the stories I was told as a child were not true. It's like, oh gosh, all right, I'll get up and go fix the ship. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> the old reverse psychology. The old reverse psychology. I like that. I, I liked how the New Republic was the cause of and solution to their problems. So. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I mean, oh, well, although I mean, I mean, he kind of, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, yes and no at the same time. Like, because at the end they're like, oh, you're not actually a bad guy, so we're just gonna leave you kind of stranded here, and you can limp. You know, I mean, limp on to the next place. There's a certain amount of irony that that the motivation for what ends up happening to him is is not him being attacked by other bounty hunters or other pirates or the things that he was actually worried about. It was it was simply being in, inquired by the New Republic of who he is. And yeah, essentially, essentially like the equivalent of hey, you got to you got a tail light out. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, basically that's what it was, and and. He, and and it just got worse from there when when he you know realized if he you know once they figured out who he was he was in trouble, um, yeah. So I like that a lot. Um, you know, like like we're talking about the attack of the spider colony was 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 very well done. You know, and and honestly, you know, I'm just I'm sitting there. I'm like, how on earth is he going to get out of this? You know, like mm. like not so much get out of the whole spider thing, but how is he getting off this planet? Even if he does somehow get past the spiders, you know, because his yeah. ship is torn up at the end of this. Big yeah, time. which was another visual that we saw from the the trailer that got paid off. Is yeah, that, yeah. Although it seems like they they added a planet in to the the trailer to instead of just going through space because that was it felt like a different angle when I saw it. Yeah, I, I don't episode. think the angle we saw at the end was necessarily one from the trailer. I'm wondering if that's going to be what we see at the start of the next episode. <sighs> oh yeah, because you know? he he's going to be limping into whatever planet he's taking the frog lady to. There you go. You're, you once again proving to be the smarter of the two idiots who are on this show. You've you've got the angles, and I just don't. Nah, nah. I'm just too much of a geek. Is my problem. Nah, I don't see that as a problem. That's my problem. All right. So you want to go to the lightning round? Not yet, because we haven't talked oh. about the final part, the final comedy in all of this, uh-huh. the Cliff Clavin <laughs> reading of the history of the Mandalorians. You know past or whatever whatever you want to call that at the very end i just thought that was hysterical how they did that it's like 
Were you at this prison? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, okay, well, according to our records, uh, you were there, and you, uh, you know, three guys were imprisoned. Uh, yeah. Am I under arrest? No, no, you're not under arrest because you uh, did a solid to one of our guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what's happening here? Uh, nothing. We're just going to let you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I and love that- at the end, he's like, can you help fuse my, my ship here? No, you can figure that out. See ya. <laughs> yeah. And that and that X-Wing pilot, Mr. Dave Filoni, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Dave Filoni. <laughs> I mean, was that not like the most un-Star Wars-like interchange that happened oh. there? <laughs> yeah. Which I was, was waiting for Sam Malone to walk up with a drink for the Mando or something, you know? Jeez. That was that, is, and that's good because it gives you it, again. It adds a little, a little more texture, and a little, a little bit of variety throughout the galaxy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, uh, yeah that was great. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a really good part. And, of the, and, and that's all I could think of was just, just Cliff Clavin. It, it just, it, it wasn't. I, and I mean, let's be honest, it, it wasn't done that way. But I just, I had that feeling from it because it was just this constant. Like they said something, he's like, okay, and then they said something more, and he's like. Okay, I, am, am I in trouble? And they're like, "No, you're fine. Can you help me? No, see ya. <laughs> just yeah. peace out." It's like, all right. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> and so the last we see of the Razor Crest is literally just limping through space with you know his, his back doors wide open. I mean, it's almost yeah. like it's almost like you know National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in space. You know, with the with the oh. car. <laughs> yep. That's yes. It's the family truckster at that point. <laughs> You think you hate it now? Wait till you fly it. Oh man! All right, now I'm ready for the lightning round. All right, so we're gonna we are gonna actually, unlike our last episode where we did a lightning <laughs> round that lasted like an hour and a half, we're actually gonna try and follow this <laughs> and make these lightning quick. So, buy sell lightning round. The pacing of the episode so far, sir. Are you buying or selling? I'm buying. Uh, as we talked about, I, I think. This is storytelling at its finest. I think they are they're they're playing to a long game, and I really enjoy these kind of mini stories that are also kind of progressing the story forward. So, uh, I, I do not have a pace. I do not have a problem with the pacing of the episodes. I, I think th- this is what I want. This is what I've always you know wanted from some sort of bounty hunter type story or show uh, coming from Star Wars was this sort of thing. And they are Filoni and Favreau. We said it a bunch of times. They are just hitting all the notes just just you know chef's kiss yeah i just love it just love it buying so what what you're saying is this is the way this is the way and uh, i'm i'm actually also going to buy on this because uh, i love the idea that they are still doing these episodes where it's like oh hey and the guy rides into town and something happens and then he rides out of town i i think it's I, i think it's a great way to start off the season because it it does call back to how the the first season started with some and and how they spread out those self-contained episodes throughout it's it's such a part of the dna of the show i didn't i'm glad that they didn't start just diving into all right here's moff gideon here's blah blah and here's more grief cargo although right. i i i do need me some grief cargo fairly soon here i want me some more cara dune uh, but i do appreciate the fact that like no we're not giving you all that like we're yeah remember this is what slow the show burn is slow burn you know so yeah, I'm a I'm a buy on that. Nice. All right, so next one, Boba Fett becomes more consequential as the season wears on. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm buying it. Um, this was a question that came up from uh, the kids on this one. Uh, you know, where where was Boba Fett this episode? 
Don't know, but I will say this. It's very interesting that he didn't jump into hyperspace because he couldn't. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have a way for Fett to kind of track him at this point. Yep. And now he's limping to where he's going so he can track him even better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I, I, I do think at some point that's going to come back and, and play a role in the story. Uh, I don't have any idea how, but uh, I, I can't honestly imagine they're just going to show him at the end of one episode and not bring him back, you know, for, for some other role uh, throughout the season. So I'm, I'm buying yeah, I would actually, I would like to sell on this because if it were me and just knowing the success they've had, if it were me writing it, I'd like to be a jerk and show him in like the the end of the first episode and then maybe show him at the very end of the last episode and then have him be the consequential part of of like season three mm. just to make everyone mad. Uh, however, John Favreau is not nearly as much of a jerk as I am. So I believe <laughs> that he will have a consequential part in the second season. John's not he, about healing it up the way you are, my friend. He's not about like just making people suffer. And maybe that's just me because of 2020 <laughs> that I'm just like, damn it. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Um, that is, I, I got to work on my Michael Caine. That was horrific. We I thought just like, I thought just doing it off the cuff without thinking about it, it might be better. Sometimes that does work, but then you, you end up getting Mario Bane sometimes like me, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> For the people. For the people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I believe he will be a, a consequential part nice. of, of this season. Uh, so next up, more depth to background characters. Are you buying or selling on that? Uh, I'm buying. I, I feel like this is just a, a, a trait of the show, uh, what, what they're doing and in, in, in giving us that depth. I, you know, one character we didn't talk about from Chapter 10, I love the Dr. Mandible insect guy yes. uh, who is playing cards with uh, with the mechanic there. Um, but no, I, I, I just, I, I really, I'm really loving how they're, they're, they're putting, you know, a magnifying glass on things or or creatures or places that were just you know background during the movies and and they're they're bringing them to life and and it's giving the galaxy greater depth so buying on this one yeah i agree buy because uh, uh, for all the reasons that you said and uh because i'm always uh, part of the joy of of stories like this and franchises like this is finding those other characters yeah. and finding those other bits and especially that's what makes it rewatchable as you go back and you start finding the little things and even in, even I'm, I'm anxious to go back and uh, rewatch these episodes again because I know I'm going to find the little things that I might have missed uh, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a total buy on that for all of the reasons you gave sir so eloquently uh, next up we have the marshal will join Mando on his quest are you buying or selling I'm actually going to sell on this one it's, it's a weak sell but, but he, here's my thought process I, I really feel like that character served that episode's purpose really well I don't know that every character like that is going to become like a Cara Dune where they just eventually kind of join in on all of it and and become part of it, you know, each episode and so forth. So I, I'm, I'm going to sell on it. Yeah, I'm actually going to sell as well, but for a different reason. I think he might end up becoming a bad guy. Ah. I, I think there might be a turn or there might have been a, a more sinister underlying purpose. I just, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's the Oliphant sort of thing. Maybe that's Oliphantastic is I just don't trust him. He's shifty. He's shifty. Uh, that might... That might be it. Not not crafty, as Run DMC would say, but shifty. She's crafty! You don't trust him. 
Got to work in a run DMC uh, quote every now and again. Yeah. All right. So next up, uh, the New Republic causing more problems than solutions. Buy or sell? I'm buying this one. I I, I kind of get the feeling they're they're starting to kind of put the New Republic not not in there to be purposefully like you know like comedy relief, but I do feel like there's an element of okay, they're the government now, and now they're going to start becoming the very thing that they were fighting against. Sort of. Yeah. Thing. And, yeah. and I think Chapter Ten was a great example of that. So I am buying on, uh, you know, any further New Republic uh, presence is just going to, you know, be uh, bad news for the Mando. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm have, gonna have to buy on that one because, uh, and, and not necessarily for nefarious reasons. I just feel like they are stretched very thin, and you're trying to put X-wing pilots into being traffic cops. Like, yeah, yeah, that's gonna end poorly. That's going to end poorly. Yeah. That's just what I think. Yeah. All right. Next, next up, one got... was, was especially with you in mind, my friend. Go ahead. So Grief Karga will be up to some money-making shenanigans when we see him next. Endo! Are you buy or sell? Oh, I'm buying. Grief's, Grief's got to have something up his sleeves when he when he pops back in here at some point. He's kind of, uh, you know, he, he he's just that, that character, uh, you know, where... Probably uh, since they've departed, he's he's up to something. So it'll be fun to hear what that is, and hopefully we get some of the uh, ver- vernacular that we got from both him and from the uh, from Werner Her- Herznog's character <laughs> last time. I don't think I've ever heard of someone call call a target their their quarry before. So I just I, I I enjoy hearing Carl Weathers just kind of go on with that sort of vernacular. I love it. So I'm buying. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy on that one as well. The only one who's got more money-making schemes in this galaxy is Lando. Make money, money, make money, money, money. And we aren't going to see Billy D anytime soon. So the we, we've got grief. And you know what? We got some good grief. <laughs> hey. I like that. No, I'm a buy on that. So next up. The child eating everything in sight. I'm going to sell on that. Sell? I'm selling. Oh, you didn't even let me get the question out. No, I, I jumped in on it. I'm selling, baby. The child's got to have a full belly after all that. My God. So. Oh, no. I'm a buy on that. Okay. I love it. I think it's a great gimmick. All I'm, right. I'm all in on that. <laughs> all in on it. You know what we got to oh, get is man. a scene where they have some sort of version of like an Italian sub, you know, and just see if the child goes to town on that thing or not. <laughs> Well, they already had him eating like those frog things, and actually, he seems to have a thing for amphibians. Now I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Hmm. Which is kind of funny that they pick up a pick up an amphibian on Tatooine where there's no water. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that before. Good point, sir. <laughs> me, me neither until just now. Hang well, on a minute. Well we done. need to go back and edit. We're going to take a few demerits off this episode. Yeah, that's a bad one. All right, next up, Boba Fett gets his own series. Buy or sell? Uh, I threw this one in. I don't remember if I had actually read something about this or not, because I do think they're starting to think about some spinoffs from this um, for some of the other characters. I'm going to sell, though. I, I really... Uh, and and I, I won't go too deep into it because the next or the final uh, lightning round point is is where I'll make this point. But I just don't really see uh, I, I see him playing a role as a character in the series. But I, I think that's where it should kind of begin and end. You know, I mean, like, let's get some background on what happened to him. Let's see him play out, you know, in some way, shape or form this season and in future seasons. But then I think that's it. I, I, I don't really think there's a desire, at least at this point, given what. This show has become uh, where where something like that's necessary, so I'm selling. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna sell as well because I mean, how many Mandalorian shows do you really need? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it, it, there's only and again another bounty hunter show. Okay, I I think the one that you might be able to do something with. And we all know where this is going. I think you could do something with Bo-Katan, just because apparently, you know, with her becoming a kind of a leader of the Mandalorians mm-hmm. and, and wielding the Darksaber, at least uh, in Star Wars Rebels, yeah. I think there's something to somewhere to go with that because it's not strictly a bounty hunter story. It could turn into more of a kind of drama, political, you know, struggle of, you know, the Mandalorians as a whole against whatever. Yeah. That could be interesting. Boba Fett as just another bounty hunter, we already got a bounty hunter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't know if we need two of them. I don't know if there's enough stories there for two of them. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, yeah, I'm a sell on that one. Uh, and so, final lightning round question. Wow, we've actually we've, we've actually adhered to the whole lightning round concept. I'm so proud of us. Isn't that good? I, it, it is. I, there's still time for us to mess it up, though, so let's just keep that in mind. Last question. Mandalorian is still the series you've always wanted to see from Star Wars. Buy or sell? Uh, of course buying uh, for the aforementioned reasons, but I, you know, going back to the to prior point and just you know, kind of highlighting it again, I, you know, when they originally talked about doing a Boba Fett movie and potentially a, a Star Wars TV show, I just I, I wanted to kind of use that character as as the main one, you know, just to kind of, you know, put put a spotlight on that sort of bounty hunter lifestyle. And um, but what I wasn't thinking about at the time and what I think, you know, Filoni and, and Favreau have, have really just knocked it out of the park with it is, you know, finding a way to come up with, you know, some stakes for the character, finding some depth to the character you know, still showing all of those things like I talked about, just, you know, you know, providing transport for a woman carrying her eggs, for example, or, you know, you know, uh, seeing, you know, like we did in the beginning of season one, seeing him capture his bounties or his quarry, as, as grief would say, um, yeah. you know, seeing those aspects of his life and, and just and, and you know, the, the creed that he lives by uh, has given it so much more depth. And so I this this series is just you know pure gold uh again chef's kiss to it and uh i'm just really looking forward to to the next two chapters and and seeing where where they're going with it because i i really feel like this is in the hands of people who know how to tell really really good star wars stories and i'm excited to see where they take it so buying 110 percent. i'm gonna sell what because now what? I, I always I always thought that Mando was the show that I wanted from Star Wars, but now I'm coming to realize there is another show that I want. Oh, good lord! And what is that? I want to see the buddy cop movie, uh, the buddy cop show with the two X-wing pilots just patrolling <laughs> the outer rim. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see like a Reno 911. Ah, oh, there we go. There we go. Of Dave Filoni, and I, I don't remember the other guy. I, I just I want that show now. Yeah. That's what I want. Nice. Nice. That's the spinoff, and that's the show from Disney, from Disney that I've always wanted. There you have it. There you Didn't have know it. I wanted it until I finally saw it, and it was there oh, in my grass. Oh, wow. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> the, heart, the heart wants what the heart wants. For the people. And another thing. All right, so what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Uh, so, you know, continuing my pattern and way of life, which is I apparently watch really, really good TV shows 10 years after they've been on the air. 
Uh, I'm currently uh, binging through with with my wife, Thirty Rock, uh, from NBC. Uh, really funny show. Uh, oh, oh, hey! By the way, I just want to give you a recommendation before I forget. Yeah. Show that um you're gonna love it. It fits right in with your whole thing of watching stuff afterwards. There was this great show called Mash. Oh. I think that you... <laughs> Didn't I watch that with you when we were in like the apartment? Uh, you couldn't have avoided it because it was always on the TV when I was home. I, I get home from class. I get home from work. Mash is on. I mean, it's just like it, it, I thought WSBK out there was like you know Mash twenty four seven or something. I mean, it was just well, incredible. no. It was okay. So the quick, quick little story. So when we when we were roommates, for whatever reason, Mash had a syndication deal with like three different networks, <laughs> and I figured it out so that you could watch Mash. I could get like six <laughs> hours worth of Mash every day. Oh man. And damn it, if I wasn't watching it, there were times that I would leave campus and drive home to watch an hour of MASH and then drive back to campus. Just incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. And it's why I am where I am yes. today. Yes. So kids, don't watch MASH, I guess. is the- <laughs> Yeah. Well, Anyways, back to we'll 30 We'll work Rock. on that Sorry. one next. But yeah, but, but 30 Rock, uh, you know, for those who may not know, uh, you know, Tina Fey, who was on Saturday Night Live for a period of time, it is a... Kind of, it's based in that universe of Thirty Rockefeller Center, uh, not Saturday Night Live, but it's it's called TGS with uh, Tracy uh, Jordan, who is played by Tracy, and I'm forgetting his last name because all I can think of is Jordan Morgan. Uh, Morgan, thank Morgan. you very much. It was close enough to Jordan that it screws me up. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is, I mean, I mean, he's hysterical in the show, um, and and you know, what's really funny is it's really just about all the characters' interactions. Like you never. Re- you sometimes see little bits of the show itself like that they're working mm-hmm. on but otherwise it's really just backdrop for the show and uh and so the rest of it's just about you know their their personal lives work lives that sort of thing so anyways it's just it's a really funny show and i just get a big kick out of it so so if if you have not seen it like me if 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 you're like me and you know, you're just 10 years behind the times. Uh, do check out 30 Rock because it is uh, hilarious. Nice. Well, for me this week, uh, I I watched this earlier, maybe midway this week. I think it was released on the on our YouTube channel last week for th- for Halloween. But there's a great video uh, with Katie Sackhoff reacting to, and I didn't know she was in this movie, Halloween Resurrection. And this is back when Katie Sackhoff was like in her early 20s, pre-Battlestar Galactica. And she watches Halloween Resurrection on and, and reacts to different scenes and things like that. The best part about this is, and I because I know that she's been in several horror movies. And I, and I remember on one of her other videos, she had mentioned something about her agent at one point had said, oh, you have the, the facial expressions or the whatever. You're meant for to do horror movies. She doesn't like horror movies. Like, she's not a horror movie person. And huh. watching her, watching her like, facial reactions as she's watching some of these scenes is hilarious. Nice, nice. Because it's, it's the same reactions that I'd be having, except that she's, like, involved with the movie. And she, had, she even says, right up front like i've never seen this movie before <laughs> oh jeez that's funny oh but it's it's great and it is it is kind of interesting because it's it's mixed with some some funny bits some kind of inside baseball if you will like okay here's how i think they did this scene special effects wise or here's how they did this lined this up blah 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 and then there's other parts that kind of gives you this inside look at how 
Hollywood can kind of mess with people mm. and, and things like that. And there's this one part in, in, in particular that I'll let you watch the, the video because, uh, of course, you know, she should get kind of the, the moment for it. But it's, it's it's a really interesting thing to watch someone react to a movie that they were in and, and especially to do it like 19 years later because I think it was 2000, 2001 where, she, where this movie came out. And so for her to, to react to it with you know almost two decades beyond is is really kind of fun and it's it, you know it's it's a pretty f- it's a fairly quick watch it's like i think 20 minutes or something yeah. so well worth your time uh on a lunch break or something but i thought it was i thought it was great but then again of course i once again would i would cast katie sack off in anything i would recast her in i would, re- I would cast her in the new coming of, of citizen kane that's just me it wouldn't happen so. to be like the reason why you want to see that bo katan like spinoff because she might be playing her uh, well, that's part. I mean, yeah, that's part of the reason. But I, uh, w- uh, the way that I framed that was in in terms of like, if I got to have a Mandalorian, another Mandalorian story, it's got to be something different than this one. Yeah, it it has to be a bigger story and in a different direction. And you know, Boba Fett isn't going to fit that. Yeah, you know, yep. dude crawled out of a sarlacc, and you know, he's obviously out for revenge and stuff like that, which could be interesting. But it is kind of close to what you have with Mando now. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of need something on a bigger scale, I feel. But even that, I mean, dude, that's such a reach. I don't, I, I have no illusions of that show ever really getting made. Yeah. That was yeah. kind of like a, well, if it's got to be, then, eh, yeah, here. It's like if, if you if you take away all of my bread selection and it's like, here, you can have rye or pumpernickel. Like, ugh. <laughs> I, I guess I'll go with Rye. I still, you know, under normal circumstances, I still don't think this is going to happen because I wouldn't yeah. have those two choices. But that's yeah. actually a really, that's a bad example. I don't know how I got on pumpernickel and rye bread. I go pumpernickel. And I just, I, oh, I can't stand pumpernickel. I can't stand rye. Really? Yeah. I don't like either of them. But I, if I had to pick out of the two, I would definitely pick rye. Okay. Because pumpernickel to me is just like, it's like, hey, have you ever thought about eating a bread-like hockey puck? <laughs> but not nearly as delicious? Oh, Have you tried boy. pumpernickel bread? It'll break your teeth. <laughs> I mean, what do you even put? I mean, because you can't make a peanut butter and jelly with it. You got a peanut butter, jelly, and pumpernickel? Like, Maybe. Oh, you want to talk about something that's going to give you a blowout. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God, we're back to that. Your body's just going to press the eject button on that. And here he goes, folks. Look out. Anyways, that being said, thank you all for tuning in to, once again, our our traverse through the idiotacy. Mm -hmm. We we appreciate you all tagging along and subscribing. Be sure to follow us on the social medias. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Free Range Idiocy. You can also find all of our episodes at uh, freerangeidiocy.com. Please uh, consider subscribing to our podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are on Podbean. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, Ponzi schemes, uh, pyramid schemes, uh, the multi-level marketing schemes, you send those to Tim at freerangeidiocy.com. Leave me the hell alone and bother him. <laughs> so, Lord. hey, you know what? Oh, boy. It, it is what it is. Anyway, 
no, don't do that. Uh, you know, well, maybe do that. We'll we'll talk later. But anyway, so uh, thank you all very much. We're wrapping it up here now, and uh, it's time to turn to Tim and say, Tim, we we spent uh, about an hour and and change, an hour and twenty minutes, hour and thirty minutes and change talking about the Mandalorian. What have we learned this evening? Because it's all about the learning, and and the more you know. So what have we learned? Uh, we have learned Mandalorian is one of the best things out there right now. It is also one of the only new pieces of content that's out there right now. I was going to say, that's not a very high bar, sir. <laughs> I was getting to it. I was getting to it. There's people right now who are watching old episodes of Hill Street Blues on VHS and going, you know what, damn it. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> I'm, I'm treasuring this moment. Maybe I, maybe in this old box I've got a, I've got a VHS copy of a Cagney and Lacey episode. Oh. <laughs> Remington Steel, anyone? Oh jeez, yes. Maybe I maybe I've got it. Maybe I got some Rockford Files or oh, a Magnum man. PI. Oh, here. we're 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 going to, we're going way into the vault on that, my friend. What was what was the what was the show with the helicopter? Airwolf. Not 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 Airwolf, but it was like the it was the the big old red and white helicopter and I don't know. Oh, it was some weird I think it was like a Magnum PI wannabe. It might have even been a Magnum PI spin-off uh, if such a thing even exists. Did you get Rick a show? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> just oh. it's, actually, it was just forty-five minutes of Higgins just pissing and moaning. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much drinking a martini. But uh, yeah, no, just just it 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 was. Uh, it is good to have some new content. It is good to see some quality storytelling. Um, it is good to see that season two is is off to a, such an awesome start as opposed to you know the way a lot of season twos can go for certain certain shows. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing where this journey will take us. Uh, right now, Razorcrest is kind of fumbling through space. We'll see what, what happens uh, in the next two. Is, is it rumbling, bumbling, stumbling? Are uh, you guys Chris well, Berman I, here? I, I tell you, the side door's flapping, the back door's wide open. I mean, it's fumbling all right. <laughs> as, as JR might say, back off, somebody stop the match. <laughs> Uh, we've also learned that Todd believes the child is going to have a blowout at some point. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Or, this or, or he's bound up and he's going to be thrown like a, he's going to be a weapon. You're going to throw him and he'll be like a rock. <laughs> Which will then result in a blowout. <laughs> but, uh, but overall, just, just good to have, uh, just good to have some new Star Wars content and, and have the, the Mandalorian back. And we thank you for listening. We, uh, as, as always, as, as we like to say at the end, you know, be, be good to one another. Be safe. Be healthy. And uh, you know, Uncle Todd, he's 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 got to uh, you know he's got that fantasy team. He's got to support. So so please, mm-hmm. please do remember, hit the lights on. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! <laughs> you are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Got to keep that HGH shipment going on, these guys. (laughs) He's going to be shooting for 300 fantasy points by the end of next week. Someone's head's going to explode, but I'm going to break 400 points in one week. (laughs) 